want to welcome you to our last day, day five together of our look through Matthew chapter 15. We're going to take another look at the feeding of the 4,000 today. In fact, this whole miracle of what happened in the feeding of the 5,000 and 4,000 and what you and I can learn. There's so much to be learned. We're going to learn some more even next week about this. For years here at Saddleback Church, we have looked at the feeding of the 5,000 and 4,000 to help people to see what to do when you need a miracle in your life. We've been talking this week a lot about your ministry to others, removing the barriers in our own lives that keep us from getting the good news out to those who need to hear. Today, I'd like to look more personally at this passage because I know you may need a miracle. You may very well need a miracle in a relationship or in your finances or in your health or in your work or career or ministry, a miracle in your life. God to be working, God to be doing what only he can do. So let me read again the passage that we looked at yesterday. And then we're gonna talk about four things that you do based on this passage, based on the feeding of the five and the 4,000 when you're looking for a miracle. Beginning again in verse 29, Jesus left there and went along the Sea of Galilee. Then he went up on a mountainside and sat down. Great crowds came to him, bringing the lame and blind and crippled and mute and many others and laid them at his feet and he healed them. The people were amazed when they saw the mute speaking the crippled made well, the lame walking, the blind seeing, and they praised the God of Israel. Jesus called the disciples to him and said, I have compassion for these people. They've already been with me three days and have nothing to eat. I do not want to send them away hungry or they may collapse on the way. His disciples answered, where could we get enough bread in this remote place to feed such a crowd? How many loaves do you have? Jesus asked. Seven, they replied, and a few small fish. He told the crowd to sit down on the ground. And then he took the seven loaves and the fish, and when he had given thanks, he broke them, and he gave them to the disciples, and they in turn to the people. And they all ate and were satisfied. Afterward, the disciples picked up seven basketfuls of broken pieces that were left over. The number of those who ate was 4,000 besides women and children. After Jesus had sent the crowd away, he, went, he, got, he got into the boat and went to the vicinity of Magadan. So what are the four things that you do when you need a miracle? Well, number one, you admit. I admit that I have a need. That's the starting place. If I want God to work in my life, I got to admit it. God, I need your help. Now, for a lot of us, this is difficult. We don't like to admit our problems. Truth is, we like to hide our problems, even from ourselves, cover up our problems, blame other people for our problems, pretend our problems don't exist. The first principle of this story is that God doesn't work in your life until you're able to admit the problem and ask for his help. Ask and it shall be given to you. Over 20 times in the New Testament, we're commanded to ask. So you come to Jesus and you say, Jesus, I have this need in my life. I need a miracle. God won't help until you admit that you need help for it. Now, we don't do this many times because we have these self-defeating behaviors. And we see some of them in the lives of the disciples here. Sometimes we tend to procrastinate, Sometimes we tend to worry. And in this story, you see these self-defeating behaviors that kept them from watching out, watching God do this miracle. The first thing they did is they procrastinated. Three days in this case. They just put off dealing with the problem. They delayed it. They waited until too late in the day, and then another day, and another day, and another day. They could have figured out these people were hungry. They had figured it out, and they'd seen Jesus do a miracle before, but they kept putting it off. And we do this with a lot of our problems. We pretend they don't exist. We look the other way. We procrastinate. It's that whole thing of putting your homework off until the last minute or putting your taxes off until the very last minute. 
Procrastination never solves the problem. Never solves the problem. What it does is it makes the problems worse. Another thing that we do is we worry. We worry about our problems. The disciples, where are we going to get enough bread? It doesn't seem like they're asking with faith here. They should. They've seen Jesus do this before, but once again, they're worrying about how is this going to happen. They had forgotten about who was with them. They'd forgotten about what Jesus had already done. Jesus Christ, the Son of God, is there. The bread of life is there. The one who can turn stones into bread. He's standing right there. Jesus is standing there, and they're looking for a Kentucky Fried Chicken. Jesus is standing there, and they're looking for a McDonald's. Jesus Christ is there. Jesus, the one who'd already done it. Many times, I do this, you do this, we have a problem, and we forget that God is right there to help with the problem. God who says, I will help you if you'll just come to me. But it begins by admitting that I have a need. Second thing you do is you assess what you already have. You think through, what do I have to work with? Uh, Some realistic analysis of the resources I have. You say, what do I have? How many loaves do you have? Now, why did Jesus do this? He's God. He could have rained manna down from heaven. Why would he say, go and see what you've got? Because there's a second principle here when you need a miracle in your life. First, you admit the need, and second, you assess what you have to work with. The second principle is God always starts with what you have. You take the energy you have, you give it to him. Take the time you have, you give it to him. The money you have, you give it to him. The relationship you have, the talent you have, you give that to him. You say, God, here's what I have. You evaluate that. Jesus says to the disciples, you give them something to eat. You feed them. How would you like to be a disciple in this case? (laughs) These thousands upon thousands, over 10,000 people, they're all hungry. Why don't you take care of the problem? Jesus asked them to assess what the need was by looking at the problem and looking what they had. And when they did that, they realized it's impossible. It is humanly impossible. And that's what Jesus wanted them to realize. It's impossible except by the power of God. Has God ever asked you to do anything impossible? If you've been a believer for any length of time, he probably has. Because God likes to ask, he loves to ask his children to do the impossible because he wants to stretch your faith. He wants to test you. He wants to see that you are trustworthy with what he has given. So Jesus is testing their faith here. He's testing their hearts here. He's helping them to see how to trust him in this situation. When you face a situation, a struggle, you've got to think through admitting what the problem is. Then you've got to look and see, okay, God, what have you given me? What do I have in my hands? But then there's a third thing you have to do, and that is you give God whatever you have. You see what you have, and then you give God what you have. Here it's seven loaves and a few fish. The feeding of the 5,000, it was five loaves and two fish. The book of John tells us it was one small boy who brought his lunch and gave that. Others probably had food in these crowds, but it was the one who gave by faith who enabled the miracle to happen, who had the blessing of the miracle. The little boy who gave, whoever gave in the feeding of the 4,000, these people were the heroes, not because they had the biggest meal or the best meal, but because they gave their meal to God. They gave it to Jesus. Here's what I got. Some rolls, a couple of fish. Lord, you can have these. They gave God what they had. And look at what God did. The third principle is God uses whatever I give him. In verse 36 and 37, he took the seven loaves and the fish, and when he'd given thanks, he broke them, gave them to the disciples, they in turn to the people, and they all ate and were satisfied. God will use whatever you give him. He will take it, he will use it. He likes to use ordinary things to do extraordinary things. He likes to use ordinary people to accomplish extraordinary tasks. 
And these people, they gave willingly, they gave immediately. That's the kind of giving that sparks a miracle. Then you do a fourth thing. Fourth thing that you do is you expect him to multiply it. You give it to him and then you expect him to multiply it. Now, this is the hardest step, I think, for longtime believers. We oftentimes have learned to give to God, but we haven't learned to have the faith to expect. We know sometimes that it's wrong to demand that God work in a certain way, but we also sometimes forget that we have to expect God to work when we have faith. Expect God to multiply whatever you give to him. With the feeding of the 5,000, 12 baskets left over. 4,000, seven baskets left over. Now, in both cases, the expectation wasn't necessarily for the person who gave. They gave, God multiplied it, and it meant everybody else was blessed, and the disciples took the baskets that were left over. So it's not always a selfish expectation. Many times God will bless your life in powerful ways, but he also will bless other people's lives in amazing ways. So you look and you think, what do I not have enough of in my life? Whatever I don't have enough of, I want to give it to God. You don't have enough time, you give it to God. You don't have enough money, you give it to God. You don't have enough relationships, you give that area of your life to God. Whatever you give totally to God, he multiplies it. He blesses it in return. God has set up the world with this principle of sowing and reaping. Whatever you sow is what you're going to reap. So if you, if you sow criticism, you're going to get back criticism. But if you sow encouragement, if you give away encouragement, you're going to get back encouragement. If you give your time to help others, God blesses your time. If you give your money, your talents to help others, God blesses those in return. God wants to teach you to become a giver because God's a giver. God so loved the world that he gave. And you always reap back whatever you sow. That's the principle of reaping and sowing. That's the principle of multiplication. That's how you see God's miracles in your life. Now, in this situation, God could have just rained down bread on these people. He could have, Jesus could have turned a bunch of stones into bread. He could have done it anytime he wanted to, but instead he did it as he's still doing it so many times today. He worked through people. He worked through whoever gave their meal that day in the group of 4,000. He worked through the disciples who passed it out. Oftentimes we wait for God to do something for us, and what he's wanting to do is do the miracle through us. What you are waiting for God to do for your marriage, he often wants to do through your marriage to bless other people. For your life as a follower of Jesus, he wants to do through your life. For your finances, he wants to do through your finances. When you start to see yourself not as a receiver only, God, would you just bless me, but as a channel of blessing for others, that's when you start to see the greatest miracles in your life. So you do four things. You admit, you admit the need, you assess what you already have, you give God what you have, And then you expect, you expect God to multiply it. Let's pray for faith right now. Jesus, give us the faith to trust you, to trust you in those areas of our lives, not just where we seem to have too much, but most importantly, where it seems to be that we have too little. We need a miracle. And we trust you for that right now. And we start where you tell us to start, by just coming to you and saying, I have this need. Here is my need. So help me to see what I have And then give me the faith. Father, I pray you would give me the faith to give it to you and to expect you to work through it in my life and in other people's lives. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Join us next week. We're going to look at Matthew chapter 16. It's the chapter where you see Peter's greatest affirmation from Jesus and rebuke from Jesus. 
in the same chapter. See you next week for Matthew 16. 